LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Derek Hanna. And I'm Madeline Galea. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. Madeline, how are you doing? Pretty good. We're talking about welcoming today. We are. Uh, talk to me about your worst experience, not of being welcomed in a church, because I'm sure that hasn't oh. happened. What's the most unwelcome you've ever felt anyone? <laughs> in this <laughs> office, in this room. Now, I will tell you a, a story about forgetting names. Yeah. Uh, there was a girl that I knew um, at MBM and we started to become friends. I'd forgotten her name and then weeks go by, weeks. It's too late to ask what her name is again. Then she wanted to hang out. So I'm putting her number in my phone and I didn't have a contact name because I don't know it. And I was like, oh, how do you how do you spell your name? She's like, genius. A-M-Y. And I was like, <laughs> oh, good. My sister's name's Amy. So I just, people have different pronunciations. I kind of lied a little bit there, sorry. but um, Is it a double A, a triple oh, yeah, Y? No, complicated so, name. But if her name was Beth, I might have been a bit screwed then. Yeah, that's not good. Well, listen, uh, we would never forget your name on this podcast. <laughs> uh, anyway, the one thing is brought to you thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network. And over the past 10 years, uh, we have had the privilege of seeing 100 churches in Australia launched. Um, and we are aiming for 200 more by 23, which is a huge work. And under God, that's what we're praying and working towards, and we would love you to join us for that. But right now, you have pressed play on another episode of The One Thing. And as flagged before, we are talking about better welcoming in your church. The expert, and I don't say it lightly because she's had a lot of experience in this and thought into it very deeply, is Madeline Galea today. Um, so, Maddie, as you've... Let, let me just get a little bit of background for you, because you've worked in, with a number of churches in this welcoming area, both in leading the ministries, but you've also done some consults for churches to help them think through it. Um, uh, what, what for you have been the, the big revelations? Just quickly, because we're going to unpack some of them. What have been the big revelations as you've been growing in your understanding of this area? Yeah, I think um, people genuinely want to, uh, I guess, make their church welcoming and loving. And when you hear the feedback of, I'm never coming back here again because I wasn't loved. It, it does hit people pretty hard, those serving or um, ministers. So I think there's usually a great intent to want to make uh, the church loving. It can be difficult to know what's the best next step. What do I need to implement now? Um, anything from you've got the systems and processes side of welcoming and integration. And then you're also trying to create a culture of you actually want your the members of your church to be welcoming. So I think there's two sides to it. Culture takes a long time to change and systems and processes are difficult to think through. Yeah, that's good. Uh, just as we, we kick this topic around and start it off as well, just thinking theologically as well, I've got some thoughts and we were talking about this, mm. you and me, with uh, Tom who's helping us uh, make sure everything goes smoothly today as well. Theologically, what what um, kind of yeah, what thinking have you done to this? Why is it that we want to push towards being a welcoming church? Yeah, I think uh, I mean if you're walking into a new church and you're deciding, do I want to be a part of this or not? You hear a great sermon, the band's great. You look around, you think, oh, these are my kind of people, but no one says hello, no one's loving, no one's welcoming. I doubt you're going back. I probably wouldn't. Um, and I think it's 
jarring to we preach about love, we sing about love and a welcoming and loving God. And if the congregation is not reflective of that, yeah, it just it jars a lot with people and rightfully so. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, we are called to be loving repeatedly in the in the Bible and without love. We're a gong, a clanging cymbal, um, and it's pretty ugly. Mm. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, when we were talking before, Tom Tom nudged me mm. in a particular direction. I preached on the prodigal son a few weeks ago at church, um, and Tom was talking about, you know, we, we do serve and we are served by welcoming God. Um, and that, that image in Luke 15 of, of the father waiting for the son to return as well uh, and the joy he has when he returns is um, so incompatible sometimes to people's experience of a church yeah. and them coming back. It's quite nerve-wracking walking to a church if you haven't been there before. Um, and so that welcoming God that we serve who loves to see people return to him uh, is such a powerful metaphor in the Bible. Um, as well, I think in terms of the vision for the church and what we are, exist for, we long to see people not just come back to church as a kind of corporate institutional gathering, but to come to know Jesus and to grow to be like him. So the the whole uh, drive behind welcoming is not just so people feel good about being there, mm. uh, but so they experience what it looks like to be part of the new creation in this new community, come to know Jesus in that, and then grow to be like him, as we're all trying to do. Infallibly, we don't always get this stuff yeah. right, but we serve a welcoming God. We want people to know Jesus. And, and so that does drive us to ask this question of, what does it look like for us as a church to not only care for those who are there, but to welcome the person who might be seeking and asking questions at that lost son or daughter. Mm. So, yeah. So let's get down to uh, some classic fails. Mm. This is like funniest home videos. Well, what what are the things that you that you've seen are the obvious points or the consistent points that churches just don't quite get this right? For the for an actual welcomer, the kind of uh, the conversations that go badly are assuming someone's a Christian uh, as you meet someone who comes in saying, how'd you become a Christian? Uh, if they're not a Christian, they're now in an awkward situation where they have to let you know. Um, asking if it's their first Sunday, maybe they've been there for five years and you miss them, those kind of things. I mean, welcomers, like body language is one of the biggest things. Smiling, being friendly. Yeah, Derek just gave me a big I smile, which is actually kind of creepy. I Don't do that. I had my arms folded as well as your daughter. <laughs> yeah, terrible body language. Yeah, but um, yeah, open body language, smiling, being friendly. Uh, people pick up on that really quickly. Um, and I guess a, maybe a big fail is not having a process at all. Um, you can't keep track of who's at your church, who's left, Um attendance those kind of um processes yeah yeah it's good i, I always yeah i always want to keep reminding churches when i talk to them everyone has a process and everyone's got a structure often they're just awful mm. they're not thought through um but they exist they're just often very very poor yeah. and they lead to a dead end yeah we can talk about process later but like database sounds boring but it's like how you love people. And it's how it's, I think it's how you you know how to love people if you've got a database because if they haven't been there for three months, that's a different call to you haven't been here for two weeks or you, you just – if you don't know where your people are and what they're doing, you don't know how to love them. Yeah. You've offended our whole audience. The, the percentage of our audience that loves databases right there. Oh, uh, no. no. That's and terrible. 
good on you. We need you. <laughs> we that's, really do. That's, that's right. We oh, do. yeah, you like IT kind of stuff. Yeah, I do like yeah. IT stuff. Anyway, look, when it comes to welcoming, um, we can distinguish between before the gathering, mm. um, during the gathering and after the gathering. And so often welcoming is reduced down just to that moment, that first contact. My job as a welcomer is to hand you the bulletin at the door and then kind of job done. Uh, but a great welcoming experience is much more than that. So mm. can you talk to us about um, yeah, what it looks like to do that well before, during and after for a great welcoming experience? Yeah. So I'll look after all of the kind of membership, which is just kind of connection and integration for 6 p.m. at, at Grace City. Uh, so, so yeah, if someone's walked into the building, um, they're there, they see there's a rego desk, um, there's hopefully a guy, girl, combination of, of hosts, of welcomers. Um, from there, they get checked in, offered aquium and masks, if that makes them feel more comfortable. Um, they also get given a like a voucher, which is just a picture of a coffee mug and then also a dinner voucher. Uh, and the thinking behind that is there's like paid coffee at church, there's dinner every week, and for regulars, we ask them to pay if they're able to. Um, but we recently got the voucher because if I'm I'm told as a new person I get coffee or dinner for free, for me personally, if I'm if I'm new at a church, I'm probably not going to be like, if when they ask for $3, I'm not going to say, but I'm new, I don't want to pay. I'm a bit too proud for that. And some people will just be too anxious to actually let them know. So kind of making it as easy as possible to remove any awkward interaction. Um, so, yeah, they get the voucher for for coffee, for dinner, um, and then from there, the the hosts, your kind of welcoming team, I think trying to empower them as much as you can, that's really the where the strength of your welcoming system would be. Those people are social people. They're very, um, of all the teams, we're more particular on who are the welcomers than any other team because mm-hmm. uh, they're kind of the face for a new person. Um, And then they kind of have the choice of some people, someone might come into church, they're quite anxious, they're new. They might want someone to stay with them the whole service. And that's great. That's fine. Other people, you might just say, hello, there's a real strength in connecting a new person to regulars, um, people who have similar interests, work in similar fields and getting your, encouraging your regulars. And you're also training them to say you're part of the welcoming as well. So... It sounds like what you're saying, that the type of person who's on that front door, mm. you, you're being quite selective about them. They yeah. do need to be uh, reasonably emotionally intelligent in yeah. that. Like they could do a fair bit of triaging on the fly to work out, does this person want space? Does this person want me to go with them? Are they okay to be handed off? All yeah. those kinds of things. So you set the bar quite high for that first person, that first interaction. Yes. Emotionally intelligent is a, a big one. Um, people who are social and warm and friendly uh i yeah we're just we're more particular about who is on the hosting team the welcoming team i think as well you really want them to be working well together as a team um and to kind of be tapping each other on the shoulder say hey that person can you go you know you're a guy can you go talk to we want women talking to women primarily men talking to men is ideal um but Part of getting them to work together well as a team is working regularly together. So one of the shifts in the 6 p.m. team is that you serve for a whole month on and then a whole month off. So you're serving 50% of the year. um, So you get to know each other. There's strength in the team. There's a bit of rapport. Um, Yeah. And 
is that closer to the team? Does that help work out who is new and who is not? Because that first question yeah. can be awkward. Is this your first time at Grey City? No, I've been here for two months. Well, this, How do you work out? Yeah, that? that's the blessing of COVID mm-hmm. is that now everyone needs to be checked in. If you, um, you can work out pretty quickly if it's their first time because they're not in the database. Yeah. So it's updated every week. So you always know who's new, whereas before COVID that wasn't a thing. So that's a real blessing because mm. they have to, yeah, fill in the QR code. Um, Grace, like 6 p.m., we're at 65 now. And so the, the hosts, myself and a few other people, we're quite aware if someone is brand new mm. because of the QR code, but also it's small enough. But maybe 6 p.m. at MBM, you, you wouldn't really be able to, like, figure that out just by looking around. There was too many people. So that's when you kind of – well, churches seem to move more towards we have a – we announce, hey, if you're new, go to the back left corner and get free mm-hmm. coffee and get free whatever and meet people if you're new. Yeah. The emphasis is a bit more on them at that point. Okay. Talk to us about uh, during the, the gathering, the welcoming there, because you, you flagged a few things about – sitting down with people sometimes or working out how to hand them off to a, somebody who's regular. But how do you how do you welcome during the service? Mm. Uh, Grace City does a – they're very thorough. They do a great job. At um, they at the begin, the MC at the beginning of every service will say, will flag, this is where we're heading for the service. And it's like this person will be preaching, we'll have some songs, we'll have an interview. It's really a play-by-play of what will happen and then also welcoming people to join us for dinner afterwards. I That was new to me, that kind of level of detail each week. But I do quite like it because if you're an unchurched person, I think that's who it's most helpful for. Like church is quite a foreign concept to them. But as a regular member, I've actually found that helpful because – Every time I'm like, obviously, I know where we're heading. I was here last week. It's exactly the same <laughs> spiel every week. We know where we're going. But as a member, it's helpful to be like, oh, that's being said because that's not normal for everyone and there are new people in this room. So I think, yeah, it's helpful to get your members yeah, switching their brains on. Um, and then I'm a fan of chat time, you know, three or four minutes during the service, you say, turn to the person next to you, we're just going to have a little break. There's cookies on all the seats at Grace City so people can eat then so they don't make a big rustle. Um, but I think that that is good because I'm a fan of that again to say and turn to the person next to you if you don't know them, just introduce yourself, say how was your weekend. Mm. I think as well that's trying to remind your regulars you need to be friendly, you need to look around and you need to introduce yourself. Yeah, That's great. So dual conversation, one is to those who are new and you're trying yeah. to welcome. The other conversation is a little bit more subtle to the regulars there saying, uh, we're here to worship God together as a community, but there are people amongst us who this might be their first time, so be aware of them. Yeah. Um, yep, that's great. All right, talk to me about after the gathering. How does welcoming continue past that? Yeah, so 6 p.m. we have dinner together every week, which has been a great blessing and people just are more comfortable over food so it's been great so most people would stick around nearly everyone I would say maybe five eight people will head off um, and what the welcomers the hosts are doing at that point is they're communicating with each other you know they've got a whatsapp group they're communicating throughout the night um, 
whether that is they go in and sit with, sorry, that's during the service, but they might go in and sit with a new person uh, during the sermon. Uh, but post-service, it's also, okay, who are you going to sit with over dinner? I'll sit with these people. Um, yeah. And again, it's, are you staying with the new person the whole night or mm. are you introducing them to others because they'll feel more comfortable or, yeah. So what you're describing is a much higher bar than just handing a pamphlet out at the front door. Mm. Is that you're calling people to a much bigger, more um, encompassing role as they're thinking through if they're going to be on the welcoming team or if they're building a welcoming team. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's part of the reason why I want them serving 50% of the year because mentally that's already like, oh, what they're asking from me is significant. Mm. Uh, I think you get kind of more out of your volunteers if you raise the bar and you also need less volunteers as a result. Um, we were talking earlier about how, you know, we ask a lot of someone in the band or someone in kids' church. Um, and I think the same kind of needs to be for welcoming, hosting, whatever you call it, because it's already hard enough having a high bar, you know, to effectively welcome people. So I can't see, I've never seen it possible where someone's lowered the bar and people are welcomed effectively and feel really loved at the end of it. So I'm not sure if the alternative. So big takeaway from this is if you're thinking through welcoming, you can't do it half-baked. Yeah. This is a huge first point of contact and you need not just you to own it if you're leading a church ministry, but the people in the team to own it as well in order to get to the end point you want people having such a great experience that they come and keep exploring Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm a fan of start with one or two people who are good socially. You know, don't grab 10 people and the wrong 10 people. Better to start small and get the right people, especially for this ministry. I think it's the one where you rely more on their inherent gifts mm. as opposed to, I can teach you how to make an average coffee. I can show you support. You can rely a lot more on the training. Mm. But this is a lot about their gifting. And then you can train them. But yep. yeah. Yep, that's great. Alrighty, this is a long episode, but it's part one. So make sure you tune into part two. say g'day why let's start the podcast from here no we should cut get it well how australian do you feel it's very australian i mean i feel australian but i feel australian outside of this do you ever say g'day and that's do, more the point I you do. do yeah yeah when when i'm civil don't you, you say g'day never it's not a natural word it is a natural word for me because I'm a bogan. <laughs> yeah, Campbelltown. Did you grow up in Campbelltown? Uh, I grew up in Lugano, which is not bogan. Okay. But I did live in Campbelltown. Not to bag out Campbelltown. But now I live in the biggest bogan state in Australia. <laughs> it's for recording. Okay.